Chaplin. <laughs> Welcome to the market. Hi. Go ahead and park it. Hope that you are starving. Debbie Roots Deep got me thinking it's a parsnip. Every week I get knowledge to go. A year before everyone, how did they know? Figuring how they go college to pros. I pop it on listen and now I'm the pro. I'm still trying to grow. And they do the same. Hundreds of teams, too many to name. And yet they are filtering everything. Only the best, Shane Hallaman Kane. Marketplace, marketplace. Debbie is everything, marketplace. Finding the talent is art, I'd say. I leave it to them while I carve my name. Market Marketplace, marketplace, Debbie is everything marketplace. Finding the talent is art, I'd say. I leave it to them while I carve my name. Hey! Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Debbie Marketplace Podcast. We finally had a full slate of football and we're so excited to talk with you about it. Um, Shane, Ohio State, how we just right off the rip, how are we feeling? I, look, I, I think some growing pains there for Ohio State. I'm not, like, pushing the panic button like a lot of Buckeye fans and, and probably college football fans are. Um, the offensive line was bad, I think, more than Kyle McCord being bad, though he had his moments too. I think they'll figure it out. Like, it, it was Indiana's not good. It was a Big Ten opponent. They weren't, you know, playing a FBS team. So I think I think they'll get it back, and Marvin Harrison's the world, and Mike Buka's the world will be fine. Gotcha. I I know how it feels. Uh, Minnesota was even worse. Only scored 13 points. Uh, still pulled out the win. Win's a win. We just got to move forward. Um, but, yeah, it's, I'm just happy that we had football back. Um, yes. And I, I'm just going to say, if you are a, a diehard college football watcher like we are here, I just want to say there's no better spot to watch that than YouTube TV. Now, we're not sponsored by UTV. We're, we're not endorsed by YouTube TV. But to be able to actually get four, like the way that they have the framing of three, four, like multiple game setups, that you can watch at the same time um, and, and have be so flexible where you're almost able to pick those because they have so many di- different options. Like, that's the best. Uh, so if you're cutting the cord, YouTube TV, the way to go. I know Nellie and I have talked about it before on here. Um, but YouTube TV for life. Um, let, let's just dive in, or do you want to talk about that, Nelly? Uh, no, just cosine. Absolutely. It's so worth it. Um, so we're going to do a little bit different format during the uh, year this year. Right off the rip, we're going to go team up and team down. So we're going to talk about, um, from a team landscape, um, who who is stock up and who is stock down. Um, if you Whoever wants to go first, let it rip. Let's start with uh, team up here. Sure. Uh, look, I'll, I'll, I'll go first. Um, I think team up is pretty easy for me. It's Florida State. Uh, going up against LSU was kind of the highlight game of the week for me, just to see if this Florida State team's legit. And, I mean, they absolutely 100% were – legit. I mean, they won 45 to 24, pulled away in the second half. Um, and we just got, I think I have so many Debbie prospects on that Florida State team. Trey Benson, the running back, didn't have the best game. Um, but, you know, LSU was really tagging that run. But we saw the receivers kind of emerge for Florida State. Uh, Keon Coleman, the transfer from Michigan State, 
was absolutely phenomenal. Three touchdowns in that game. Uh, Johnny Wilson, who I know is not a, a Debbie darling for people, he dropped some passes, but he actually looked good. I don't know what he plays in the NFL, you know, but he had seven catches. It's interesting. Jaheim Bell uh, had a receiving touchdown and a rushing touchdown. Um, Jordan Travis, the quarterback, looked good. Like, I think Florida State has legitimate future NFL weapons on the team. I think stocks up. I think they're a playoff team and maybe even a national championship contender. Nelly, how about you? Uh, I'll tell you what, Washington uh, impressed me. I thought Boise State was a, a pretty tough opponent uh, for an opening weekend game, and they absolutely blew them out of the water. Michael Penix looked fantastic. The whole wide receiver group looked great. They got to get the running game going a little bit, but that offense is clicking. I think Michael Penix had five touchdowns in week one. Um, I mean, that that has the potential to be the best offense in in the country. Uh, and 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 that whole West Coast kind of Northwest area has has some very exciting offenses going on. Yeah, if I, it's hard to narrow it down to just one team um, right here, but um, I'm actually gonna pick a loser here as as a stock up, uh, and I'm gonna go with Toledo. I think. Toledo. So I watched most most of that uh, Toledo Illinois game. I thought Toledo played well, right? They and they, at the end of the game they were winning. It was last second field goal uh, to win the game for Illinois. But I thought Toledo played really well. I think they have a really nice mix of some older uh, some older wide receivers, and then you add DaQuan Finn. So like to me, they're probably winning the conference, right? That's like they're winning the MAC pretty easily in my eyes i think they're they're just such a strong team um even though they they start out here with an l um i think they end up just rolling the rest of the mac and especially when you're c2c and uh daquan finn i think is just gonna do just like he did last year and just absolutely crush he, he's phenomenal i'm a big daquan finn fan i i don't think he'll get drafted but i think he makes an nfl camp maybe even roster at the next level, too. I don't think he's a bad passer. No. I think that's a Ohio eraser. Eraser. I think Ohio wins the Mac, but I do like Dick on Finn. I, we I also think, we, we should talk Colorado. None of us took Colorado. Yeah, I think because I'm, we're going to talk a little bit of Colorado a little bit later. Okay. Apologies. <laughs> do you let ready. me take care of Colorado there? Yeah, I thought that's uh, where you were going. No, uh, I I wanted to, but uh, I don't want to ruin my victory. Even that victory lap, don't you worry. Oh yeah, it's coming. <laughs> um, let's go to our team down here, Shane. Who do you have as kind of a team? Uh, you can't pick the entire Big Twelve. Oh, that's not man. allowed. Look, that was uh, so that team was my down goal. Um, but it, so we're we're recording this Monday night. Um. But I'm going to pick a team that's actually playing while we're recording this. I'm going to take Clemson as my stock down, especially for Debbie purposes. You know, th- this was an offense that you know we were hoping would kind of emerge with, um, you know, kind of emerge and improve this season. Bringing in Garrett Riley from TCU, that was kind of the goal. And uh, honestly, they've looked 
pretty awful. Like Kate Klubnik's made a ton of mistakes. I was a big Kate Klubnik fan. I thought, man, he's going to just be gangbusters. Will Shipley has kind of been the one saving grace. Um, Adam Randall up to this point where in the third quarter didn't, doesn't have a catch. It, it, it's it's not great for a team that should dominate Duke's defense. Like maybe Duke's offense can score, but Clemson, they're not back. They're not going to be, I don't think they're going to win the ACC. I don't think they sniff Florida state's jockstrap this year. Nelly, how about you? Um, Let's go Baylor. Uh, Baylor won the Big 12 two years ago, and they have just fallen apart. I don't know what's going on there, but losing to Texas State with a, with a new coach, a new system in, in their opening game is embarrassing. I, I mean, it's just – it's all kind of falling apart there. I don't know why Richard Reese is not getting more touches. He's probably the most uh, exciting player on that team, and, and they bring in the transfer Dominic Richardson from Ohio State who is – a bit of a plotter, and he, he sees a majority of the carries. I, I just don't get it there. They have Monterey Baldwin, a wide receiver, not not enough manufactured touches for him. I mean, there's nothing super high-profile Debbie there, but just as an offense, for what Baylor the program could be, to be losing in week one to Texas State is, is brutal. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I My one for me, like, there's just so many that I feel like I could talk about. Um, but I, I want to talk about Houston. Now, we, especially when we've been in the Debbie landscape and around C2C, like Houston's kind of been one of these teams um, that, that has been relatively strong, right? They've been able to score points. They've been able to do these things. Uh, but you have to realize they're in the Big 12 now, and they're going to face some, some much better opponents uh, than, than they're going to face. Um, and sure, like TCU disappointed, Texas Tech disappointed, right? A lot of these Big 12 schools definitely disappointed, but they're still better defenses. They put up 17 points against UTSA. Like Houston is is going to struggle. Uh, and I'm curious to see how many Big 12 wins they get this year, because I think realistically it's going to be in maybe the 2-3 range. And they're gonna they're in for a really tough season. Uh, anyone have thoughts on any of those? Are we good? No, I think I think it's fair for Houston. I thought the offense would be a lot more explosive too, so it was definitely disappointing. And it, it was bad. Yeah, the entire Big Twelve, man, just not good. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's let's go to our uh, week one victory lap. Um, as as again, Clemson turns it over. Um, Kate Klubinick, another, just fumbles it, recovered by Duke uh, in the red zone on the seven-yard line. So Tough times for Clemson. Um, let's, let's do our week one victory laps, and I'm going to go first here, Shane, uh, yes. because I want to. Um, my victory lap is, player-wise, is Shadur Sanders. Now, I feel like I've gotten... Uh, not necessarily heat, but I, I feel like I've been scoffed at by some people over my love of Shudder Sanders. Uh, I thought he was very athletic quarterback. He has a great arm. He's fast. Uh, 
I didn't understand why we were getting so much pushback. I understand. I think it was just pushback of like Colorado as a whole, and that I can understand. But like, sh- just Shadur Sanders, I think he's a very good quarterback. Um, we saw it, and sure, you can say that TCU is not good, which say what you want to say, right? I, it's not like the TCU defense played well. I don't think they did. Uh, but I, th- to me, this is a big, big stock up for Shitter Sanders, for Colorado. Like, huge win. Um, I thought Colorado was maybe going to win about four or five games. I think I've been on this podcast saying that exact thing. But Shitter Sanders was going to be good, and he was going to get a lot of yards um, and, and do well for C2C purposes. Didn't expect him to do as well as he did against TCU. I thought he was going to struggle out of the gates quite a bit. I mean, he just came out slinging. So uh, my victory lap, week one, Shadur Sanders. That's fair. Like I, I went in leagues with you where you drafted him way earlier than I thought you should have. And you were right. I, he's got you know some things to clean up, but like his passes were impressive. I mean, he was an impressive player against a top 20 team, whatever you want to say about TCU and their defense. Like that, that was, that was good by my week one victory lap. And like, I, I don't know if uh, I'm, I don't know, maybe this will look bad later, but it's Jalen Milrow. Um, I know that Alabama played middle Tennessee state, <laughs> you know, so you're like, wow, victory lap. But you know, here's, here's a quarterback that even when it looked like he was going to win the job, it was like, no, he sucks. Like Tyler Buckner came in, he's going to take the job. Ty Simpson uh, is going to win it. Um, I mean, I had Jalen Milrow, I think is a buy multiple times on this podcast, July 11th, I've written down and then uh, sometime in like February, I think. So, you know, I've been pumping him up because he has the rushing ability. He's Alabama starting quarterback. And he was impressive in that game. Like, I thought his passes were good. He didn't throw a ton. He only threw, like, 18 passes, um, but had three touchdowns. And then ran the ball really, really well. Was almost unstoppable there. I think he adds that kind of dynamic element to this Alabama offense. And if he starts all year and they're good, then we start talking about, you know, Heisman Trophy. And then it's first-round pick, right? Like, so I'm going to take that victory lap even against Middle Tennessee State, that people were discounting him and he was a, a Devi steal, uh, even if it, it, it fails. Nelly, how about you? Yeah, I'm also going to go quarterback. I'm going to go with my guy Connor Wegman down at uh, Texas A&M. And I'll, I mean, kind of just Texas A&M a, as a whole. I think, I think this is a team that is probably underrated this year after disappointing last year. Uh, but there's a lot of talent that's been brought into this team over the years. So uh, it, it looked really good in week one. Connor Wigman had over 10 yards per attempt. He had five touchdowns again. Not a great opponent, but New Mexico is uh, FBS. I mean, they're at least D1 single A. They're not playing um, like directional university that plays D2 ball. You know what I mean? Like it, it is – it is um, – there's levels to opponents. But, um, I mean, Connor Wegman, I think, is the quarterback, too, in that class at this point, out of guys that are playing. Um, and, and I don't think it was viewed that way throughout the offseason, talked about that way throughout the offseason. But I've kind of been I've – been, uh, I've, been, I've been drafting him, and I've been pumping him up when possible. Um, and he's not a zero on the ground. I mean, 
didn't have to do much on the ground, but he, he's a good athlete. He put up over 20 yards rushing. Um, has that has that ability. So he's someone who I, I will take a, a very small victory lap on for his performance against uh, New Mexico. Yeah, I caught I caught that small L. No problem there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I get it. Um, let Let's go into. Uh, so I want two guys that we're going to monitor. Uh, now this could be someone that might have had a little bit of uh, of a down week, week one, um, or it could be you know they got a little bit banged up. They might have had a really good week, and maybe we should monitor them moving forward and see if they turn into that Devi asset. Um, so these could either be deeper names, or it could be someone that you know that uh, really just struggled. Um, but I got to talk about a guy that I was pretty hesitant about. In the season, I just didn't know if Dane Key was going to be a large part of uh, the Kentucky offense. Like, I just didn't know if it was going to, if everything was going to run through Robinson or kind of what that offense was going to look like, right? If we were just going to continue bubble screens and deep passes, and and the offense did change a little bit. Uh, so, props to Kentucky for actually changing kind of what what the scheme was last year. I thought Dane Key found a lot of space. He ends up going five for ninety six and a touchdown. I just want to see if this continues against um, SEC opponents or if this is something that's that, you know, he just kind of crushed because he's just that bigger, faster guy that's playing against, you know, inferior competition at Ball State. Um, so that that's a guy that I want to monitor moving forward. I, I do like him a lot, especially in, you know, some um, some C2C places, but curious to see how he's going to do moving forward. And if he continues playing like he is, like he's going to be a top 15 Devi asset next year. Yeah, we, we talked about him a bit on the second podcast, so join the Discord if you want the second podcast, the, the after-hours version, I think, one of our listeners uh, mentioned. Because, yeah, every time I've, I've seen Dane Key, has been good. So I think that's a good call. I'm going to go with a guy that disappointed, that I'm a little worried about. I want to see what happens in the future. I'm going back to Alabama. We'll go with Malik Benson, the transfer in from community college, five-star transfer, four-three speed. Like we kind of expected him to take that number one role for Alabama. Only had two targets in the, that game, one catch for five yards. You know, Isaiah Bond seemed to be more of the kind of target hog. It wasn't a ton of passes, like I mentioned with Jalen Miller only throwing it eighteen times. But I just want to monitor: Is Benson the guy? Is he a Devi asset? Is he not? Is he someone that? We just need to get out from uh, quickly. So I'm just watching next couple weeks. Once we get an SEC play, maybe he can turn into Jameson Williams, or maybe, you know, we've just overblown what Malik Benson is. I'm not sure. Sure. How about you, Nels? Um, How about Colby Young, wide receiver at Miami? A uh, big, big wide receiver. He's like six foot four, but he took a screen pass to the house, showed awesome speed. Um, and he really brings something to that Miami offense that no one else does. That new offense is a lot of short passes, but uh, I mean, every pass I saw that was like ten yards beyond the line of, line of scrimmage was uh, was to him. And he he has some deep threat ability, has some jump ball ability. Uh, but to see the way that he moved on that screen, and to see the way that he he kind of shed some tackles on some other plays uh, was very impressive. And they 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 beat up on Miami Ohio. They didn't pass the ball a ton. Um, but I, I think he's going to be a vital part of their offense moving forward. And and Tyler Van Dyke, 
disappointed last year, but like competent enough as a as a college passer to get the ball to him when needed. Uh, and he's someone we've kind of talked about this this uh, 2023 class uh, at wide receiver outside of Marvin Harrison Jr. A lot of the guys aren't massive, and, and Colby Young kind of brings that that dynamic that a lot of guys can't. So he's someone who I'm watching going forward to see if he can continue to put up like big market share numbers and and, and show off versatility. Um, so I'm gonna I'm curious to hear you guys' take on this one. And I know you both have talked about this player, especially in C2C. And uh, Shane, you've mentioned him potentially as as maybe a uh, Debbie possible guy in the future, but really disappointed. I want to go to running back at Utah. Um, Jaquindon Jackson. I feel like we have to talk Jaquindon Jackson here. Um, you know, if you, I, I watched the game, obviously like Florida has a relatively sound, uh, run defense. If you want to give Florida credit for anything in that entire game, it's two things, the way the Graham Mertz can hand off of football. And second, it's Florida's defensive line can actually stop the run um, and have some good fill linebackers as well. But um, I think Jacqueline Jackson, you know, he had the third most carries on the team. Like, carries really spread out throughout this whole game. And it's not like it got to the point, right, in the game. They only won 24-11, so it's not like it got to the point, right, where they just weren't playing their top guys and some other people kind of got carries later on in the game. So I'm really curious to hear your guys' take here. Um, just a rough week one, but I'm not saying that's going to be the be-all, end-all for Jaquinda Jackson. Um, but I'm I'm curious to see how you guys feel. He did he did get quote nicked up in the game. Now I don't know if that it kind of sounded like an excuse. <laughs> like I, I don't know if it's legit of why he didn't get more carries. It almost sounded like uh, you don't want to say like he just wasn't that good. So I I am worried after uh, after that. I'm hoping maybe it was you know maybe he got hurt. But uh, if not, it, it's a big concern because I you know. I thought he had NFL draft potential, maybe even top 100 potential, and and that that just uh, really hit hard. It just didn't seem like the excuse of him not playing was that grand. You know what I mean? Right, it's right. like they're all like, "Oh, he's just hurt a little." You know, it like that that wasn't good enough for me. So Agreed. I don't know. I, I feel weird there. How about you, Nelly? Yeah, kind of same boat. He's one of the. He doesn't really catch passes, so he really needs to be exceptional on the ground. And he was the opposite of that. And it's week one. It's potential injury involved, but it, it did not. It did not look great. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, who else? Feel free to whoever's next here. Well, yeah, I'm gonna bring back a, a name from the past that we all cast off, and I'm, you know, I'm interested to watch more of, and that's DJ Uangale, quarterback for Oregon State. Could he have a resurgence? And 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 Devi shares not be dead of him, right? We thought after his first season in Notre Dame, he'd be a stud. He's six four, two fifty two, can run, then he stunk. Um, he stunk there. Made the transfer, got the starting job. Once again against San Jose State, like, I don't know. You know, is, is that enough? But 20-25 passing, I thought he looked impressive and a much better command. That offense works for him so much better than anything Notre Dame did. Uh, ran for two touchdowns, threw for three touchdowns. Like, the, the offense is running through him. It kind of sucks for my Damian Martinez uh, CFF shares because <laughs> DJ used just – 
taking those goal line carries uh, to the house. But, you know, he has the size. He has the athleticism. He has the arm. You know, he, he's definitely not as good as Anthony Richardson. But, like, you know, I think we're at that point where the tool set, if you play well, uh, team will take you. So I wonder if maybe he does get a shot at the NFL again. I'm going to monitor and see if, you know, maybe he turns into a pumpkin when we get into Pac-12 play. Uh, but I'm, I'm intrigued. Uh, I just have one question for you guys before we go on to uh, Shane teaching us something here. Um, if you guys are N- Nelly has up... to do N- Nelly has to do one more too. Oh, oh, sorry, Nelly. Go ahead. I just forgot you. Yeah, I'll give you another quarterback. Actually, another Pacific Northwest quarterback, Cam Ward. A little bit of a post type sleeper there as well. Uh, great, great week one against um, the Colorado State. Uh, threw for almost 500 yards, three touchdowns. Also ran the ball a decent amount and scored a touchdown on the ground there. He, he's one of those guys. He's, the tools are there. Um, he's just got to kind of put it all together. But I will be monitoring him to see if he can kind of continue this this efficiency, if he's going to continue to to contribute on the ground. I'll tell you what. I, I said it earlier. Uh, the, the Pac-12 and, and the offenses out there are, like, are so exciting this year. I, I'm disappointed that this is the last year that this will be happening. So just as you're talking, Nelly, uh, Phil Maffa fumbles on the three-yard line and Duke returns at 60 yards. Spoiler alert to anyone out there watching this game two nights late. Yeah, so sorry about that. <laughs> but this is so funny. Like, Clemson, I just... Okay. Um, but just a quick question for you guys. Let's say uh, we're at a stadium the three of us go to a game. Um, I say, obviously my favorite thing at a stadium is hot dogs. Um, you get up to three toppings. What are you putting on your hot dog? Mm-hmm. That, that, that's easy for me. Okay. You're ketchup it's, only, aren't you? No, it's uh chili cheese and onions. Okay. I like that. Boom. Good play. Chili cheese dog for life. How about you, Nelly? Uh, uh, probably going to be shocking to you guys, but I'm not a huge hot dog guy. Um, oh, wow. wow. You, that I, you don't have a hot dog? If I eat a hot dog, it's just ketchup. But if I had to pick three, I think I'd actually pick Shane's combo of three because I'm not, I don't want to add anything on top of the ketchup. I think those three together is a good combo. So I'm, if I'm at the ballpark, right, there's just not many places where, I can get that full chili cheese onions combo. I think that's a little harder to get. There's more stands that just have the, you know, standard condiments. If I'm going just standard condiments, I'm a uh, ketchup mustard relish guy. Light on the ketchup, heavy on the mustard, heavy on the relish. I think that combo uh, is very nice, especially if it's sweet relish. Then you're oh, yeah. ba- it's basically like a snack hot dog at that point. You got sugar from the ketchup, sugar from the relish. Delicious. Yeah, yeah. You, you, look, you got to come to PNC Park. You can get your chili cheese dog. You can. I I've been to many Gopher games, and it's not like yeah, I not can't readily. I can't just like grab a chili cheese dog just around the corner. You know. Yeah. No, Ohio State was the same way. It was like that. Are you basically uh, those were your options: was mustard, ketchup, relish, and uh, maybe onions. Like that. Was Every it. once in a while, there's a tub of onions there, and I yeah. don't know. How, but you had to go early because I don't know when that tub gets gets refilled. Right. I've never, so I've 
I had season tickets to the Gophers. Never once saw anyone refill the onions. So I think <laughs> just, it was just. I think it's a one time. I think it's just a one time onion fill, uh, and whatever happens after that happens, you know. Uh, but Shane, you haven't been here in a bit. Uh, obviously, with the with the new kid, you haven't had a, a chance. We've been we've been put on the in the back seat, uh, essentially. Um, in responsibilities of your life, but uh, what can you do to teach us today? Oh, look, we, we can teach you something. I, I'm going to take a guess, and most people listening to this, I'm going to guess at least one, maybe both of Kane and Nelly have kissed a drowning victim from the 1800s. Um, so Elaborate. All right, so a uh, young woman, 16 years old in the 1880s, uh, was found drowned in the river scene in France. No one knew who she was. And back then, that you know, they couldn't like advertise like missing people, right? So they would actually prop up the dead body in a chilled window in town, so people would walk through and like see the dead body. And that was kind of the entertainment. Like people would just gather and look at this dead body, like weird stuff that is weird. But yeah, they, they would do that. Um, and so you know, no, no one identified her. No one knew, knew who she was. Um, so the pathologist at the mortuary was kind of taken with her beauty, which is also weird and made a death mask of her, which was, sounds weird, but it's something that did happen. They'd make masks of people's faces and sell it. She became very popular. Like her mask was very popular. So people bought this mask. There were stories about her, like what was her background? How did she drown? It kind of became this hot item, um, around France and it, it lasted for decades, is death mask of this woman. So in the 1950s, a, a doll manufacturer used the woman's face to make a doll. He called the doll Anne because uh, he had lost his son to, to, to had drowned. Um, so he kind of made this doll using her face. And later that, uh, a couple years later, he collaborated with Dr. Peter Schaefer to provide Anne dolls as a way to teach a new technique Dr. Schaefer came up with called CPR. And that's what we still use today. So if you have learned CPR, that face that you have practiced on is this woman that drowned in the 1880s holy shit <laughs> Woo! so you you've not kissed her did, you know you put your mouth only, on her mouth not only did duke just score a touchdown and are up 19 <laughs> to 7 but that mm, that's a story i liked that one that was cool i have not kissed that doll though so i have Oh, okay, right. yeah, I have two. Story. I have two. No, no, Nelly. Nelly hasn't learned CPR. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it's tough to move on here, um, but let's just go to our buy sell unknown stock. Um, is anyone ready? Yes. For it. Okay. Go ahead, Nelly. Uh, I will buy Braylon Allen. Um, he, he he ran on the ground as expected, right? He less than 20 carries, but I think he put up 130, 140 yards, two touchdowns. That's great and all. He's been doing that forever. He had seven targets, seven resets in in this new Wisconsin offense. Like that's showing a level to his game that that has never been seen before. I, I don't have this in front of me, but I would assume that's more catches than he had in his career. Um leading up to this. And if it's if it's not, it's close to it. So he's showing a certain level to his game that, that did not exist. I, I'm buying him because I think that he is probably the most likely uh, of any of the running backs in the 23 class or the 24 class to be the first one off the board in the NFL draft. 
And I don't think he's valued that way. We've talked about it a little bit. I know Shane has done a little bit of of uh, plugging him as someone who could go in the first round. That isn't getting talked about enough, and I think that's that uh, uh, that is very valid. So he's someone who I'm gonna buy in terms of like I'm gonna test the waters on him. You know, like Trayvon Henderson disappointed a little bit this week. Like I I, I might rather have Braylon Allen than Trayvon Henderson yeah. right now. Um, I think well, it's that, close. That- I was going to buy him too because I I think he has. I'd trade Henderson straight up. I would trade Raheem Sanders straight up for Braylon Allen right now. Yeah. I'd trade Zach Charbonnet for him. I'd try try that. You might even be able to get a little plus involved, maybe. Yeah. Like, I I don't know if the market's caught up. Um, My sell is going to be Matthew Golden. I know Kane talked a little bit about Houston earlier, but Matthew Golden is not going to put up uh, Houston wide receiver one numbers. Like he's he's just not uh, his performance this past week. He scored a touchdown to save his day fantasy wise, but um, I think he only had three or four catches, like forty yards. Um, he's just one of the guys there, and they have a bunch of them. Uh, he was third on the team in receiving yards this year. Uh, there's still some love for him, and I like he's just he is yet to really prove himself. And it's Houston, right? It's not like he's playing at Alabama and he's competing against a bunch of studs. Um, so he's someone who I'm looking to sell. Um, it, putting a price tag on that, I don't know. There are a couple other wide receivers that have, that, that that showed well. Uh, like if I could flip Matthew Golden for J. Michael Sturdivant, I feel like that's a similar price range. Um, I, I'd like that. It it might be tough if you it, other freshmen that it kind of showed a little bit this week. Um, I, I'd do that. J. Michael Sturdivant, or sorry, uh, Isaiah Bond. I'd flip him for him. Um, that sort of thing. Uh, my unknown is Dylan Sampson, running back at Tennessee. Four touchdowns this week. Pretty electric guy. I don't know. Use. I mean, the touchdowns are abnormal for the usage. That being said, like he, he's very talented. He's a true sophomore. He he scored a, a handful of touchdowns last year as a true freshman there. A little bit undersized, but probably not getting talked about enough. It's hard to put a price tag on him because he's probably dirt cheap. He's probably not rostered in Debbie leagues, but kind of teetering on definitely should be rostered in Debbie moving forward territory. Uh, Shane, how about you? Yeah. Like I was going to go Braylon Allen for the buy. I'll, I'll switch it up to another running back. I talked, you know, stock down for Clemson, but Will Shipley, the running back there, is the one player that I think is super talented, never gets enough respect. I would move Donovan Edwards for him with Blake Corum being there at Michigan. Um, I Similar to Braylon Allen, I think I'd move Travion Henderson for Shipley and a pick, you know, a pretty decent plus on top, Debbie pick. But uh, I think Shipley's underrated. My sell and a team that, you know, I considered for team up was Penn State. I mean, they looked really good. Drew Aller's getting hyped hard in the Debbie community after a really good performance um, against West Virginia, and rightfully so. But I think I, I'd look to sell him. You know, it could could I get Drake May for Drew Allar in a second? You know, is there a way to kind of maybe move Allar for, um, you know, for an NFL quarterback if I need him for Jordan Love, you know, plus? I think you might be able to get some of those type of deals done. Maybe it blows up my face and he's a stud and, and the first overall pick in, in 2025, but uh, I, I think I'd want to try to move him while the hype is high because I think he's going to have some rough games in there. My unknown 
comes from my my stock up team, and that's Keon Coleman, the receiver for Florida State. I like what I saw. I think he's dynamic. I think we knew it at Michigan State, but they didn't use him enough. My question is just value. You know, is is this a kind of high point for him? Can he really get his stock higher? Like he's kind of getting hyped up as, you know, wide receiver two potentially in the 2024 class. That feels a little bit rich to me. Uh, maybe receiver four or five I feel comfortable with. So like, can I get Troy Franklin in a little bit for, you know, for Keon Coleman? Then I think I'd move him. Uh, but I do, uh, you know, Nellie mentioned, we don't have a lot of guys with size and Keon Coleman's a receiver with size in this class. So part of me is like, uh, you know, maybe, maybe I want to hold on or even buy him uh, depending on price. So um, I, 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 it's tough, tough for me there. Um, my buy this week is a wide receiver that I think most of you guys know that I love. Um, and I want, I would always want to talk about Troy Franklin, but I'm going to avoid uh, Troy Franklin for a week. And I'm going to talk about the other, uh, big wide receiver out on the West coast. And that's Romeo Dunze. Um, absolutely crushed it this past week. And like, it just showed you again, why. He's a versatile player at his size. I think he's just a really, really good player. And I know that I like Emeka Ibuka, but I would trade Ibuka for Odunze in a late Debbie pick. I would rather take that shot on Odunze right now and get another pick than, than have Emeka Ibuka. Because I think Odunze is just different, and we don't have a lot of those receivers in this class. And so I think he ends up getting first-round draft capital. Um, I'm going to switch to my unknown stock because um, I'm curious. This is a smaller guy. He's a senior. He's out at Utah State, but Terrell Vaughn, um, year over year, just puts up games. Like, And he's fun to watch. He's fast. Uh, you know, he scored two touchdowns this past week, uh, one on a uh, – or no, uh, what he had one or two touchdowns this past week, one. Um, against Iowa goes 12 for 93 in a touchdown against a really good defense in Iowa. Like, I think he's exciting. I think he's fast. I think uh, he's a good fit for, you know, when we're looking for those uh, kind of diamond in the rough wide receivers, kind of late day two, early day three, um, that win with speed from the line of scrimmage. Uh, he kind of fits that mold. So I'm curious to see, um, He's my unknown stock because I just don't know Debbie-wise where where that gets us. Um, and, and this is a guy that actually played pretty well. Um, it's a running back out of Notre Dame. That's Audric Estime. Um, I think he's fine. I think he's a solid running back. I think he's solid. I don't know if the long speed is there. I don't know if we get lower than a 4-5. Um, and I think we're already at the point where we have some really solid running backs in the 25 class. If any of those 24 running backs stay uh, in the 25 class, I think, I think it's really tough. Um, because estimate is going to be in the 25 class, right? Uh, it could be in the 24 class, but pro- probably in the 25. I'm, as, I'm just guessing. Yeah, I, I I don't think he's coming out after three years. So that'd be <laughs> with these other running backs in this class. That'd be, That'd be something. Um, but I, I think he just ends up being like the guy that's just a little behind everyone um, in terms of the size speed combo. So um, he's my sell right now. I think, you know, I'd rather even get 
you know, of a fourth round pick um, out of him, I would maybe try and see if I can flip uh, him for Jarquez Hunter, who didn't play this past week at Auburn. I know there's a lot of question marks going on there, um, but I think Hunter's a better prospect. Uh, if you can flip him for a guy like Dane Key or um, if someone still doesn't believe Keon Coleman is a good player, I'd rather have Keon Coleman than than Estime at this point. Um, that's where I'm at now. Any any final thoughts from you guys after week one? Uh, we finally got football. Very excited that it's back. Um, parting Parting thoughts here. I'm excited in a couple of weeks to get into conference play and actually, you know, get to see uh, some of these teams not play some of the cupcakes. So uh, that'll, that'll be nice to finalize some of these thoughts. Nelly, final thoughts. Ohio state is dead. Okay. Texas is back too. That's Hey, they won. They, <laughs> they did. They did face rice, but they won. Um, no, we're just really happy to be back talking uh, college football with you. Uh, if you want to continue to chat during game times, if you need help with CFF start sits, um, pop into the uh, Discord where you're listening to this. Hit description, click on the link. It's completely free to join the Discord uh, and talk with us about start sits, all those things. So just want to say thank you so much for listening, and we appreciate every single one of you. <laughs>